It's crossover time here on Locked On Boston College. On today's show, we'll be joined by J.J. Jackson of Locked On Blue Devils, who's going to give us his perspective on a great season for Duke. And look at this game from the Duke's perspective and from the BC perspective. It's going to be an interesting conversation, to say the least, something you're not going to want to miss. Make sure to check it out on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another exciting crossover edition here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm JJ Jackson, the host of Locked On Blue Devils, and really excited to chat with AJ Black, who is the host of Locked On Boston College, Duke and Boston College, going head-to-head on the gridiron on Friday night, and we've got an amazing breakdown for you here on the Locked On Podcast Network. AJ, what a fun one we've got here between two ACC teams uh, that uh, still have a couple of things up for grabs here this season in the month of November. I hope you're doing well, man, and uh, it should be a whole lot of fun getting going here on the podcast today. JJ, I'm looking forward to talking to you. I, I don't I don't share the excitement about Friday's game as uh, the season has completely gone off the rails for BC. <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of wild to see where we're at, so I, I figure we'll break it down. I want to ask you a couple of questions yep. about Boston College, and then uh, we'll take a quick yep. timeout. You can reverse roles and ask me about Duke, and we'll see what happens uh, there at the end. So with this Boston College team, I mean, big picture, you look at the record, just two wins so far for Boston College. If you were to just sum it up uh, as quickly and as easily as you can, because I know it's so detailed, what exactly exactly has gone wrong, but uh, what would just be the, the, the simple answer as to what's gone wrong for Boston College this season? So it, it starts and ends with the offensive line. Uh, BC last year had five starters that returned from 2020, and you know they were really highly ranked, and, and these recruits, I mean these players, and everyone thought of uh, the world of them, then four of them left for the NFL, and one blew his ACL out in the spring, so Jeff Halfley was stuck with five brand-new offensive linemen uh, for the offensive line, and um, he didn't get any uh, experienced guys from the transfer portal. He uh, just went, he rolled the dice with the guys that he had, which um, is questionable, but you know that's his decision. That's kind of how he's built this program. And, you know, they were a disaster from day one, uh, to, to be blunt. I mean, the first drive of the season, and Drew Kendall, their center, snaps the ball over Phil Dracovic's head. And then it's, and you'd expect it to get better, but injuries continue to happen as four more offensive linemen are gone for the season. Um, it's a disaster. It's an absolute disaster on that offensive line, and it just, it's just blood into everything. And, to, and uh, you know, Duke fans are going to remember Phil Jakovic, uh from two years ago, and his his confidence is completely shattered. He may not even play Friday because it looked like he may have got a concussion or a shoulder injury against UConn. Uh, they can't run the ball. They are the worst running team in the country because of the offensive line. And then the defense is just asked to do too much. So um, it's it's just been it's been a, a nightmare of a season for BC. What's gone right then? What's gone right for this team? Uh, you honestly, yeah. nothing. <laughs> real, I, like I, if you were to ask me to, to name something, like it's a good question to ask, but like. Um, I was talking to uh, a couple of, the, of our listeners, and they were like, 
you know, ask Jeff Halfley where this team has improved since he's taken over. And I, I sat there and thought, special teams is a disaster right now. I mean, like, you know, they had a punt for 15 yards. They Flowers dropped two punts um, on Saturday. They had a missed field goal. Um, they've, you know, and, and then so that's an issue. The defense has been okay. It's been, not been great, but I wouldn't call it an asset. Um, other than they stay in the games as long as they can before they, you know teams end up blowing them out. Uh, so there really hasn't been. There really is no positive to, to this team. I'm not being like a negative Nancy here. It's just it's just where things are right now. It just hasn't been positive at all. That's tough to hear for a Boston College team that, that going into the year. I think uh, there were greater expectations for what they would be able to accomplish. You mentioned Dracova coming back at that quarterback spot. Zay Flowers, I'll tell you too, AJ, that's a big name uh, just across the yep. ACC, the conference in itself. I think a lot of people are, are really excited about what he's able to do on the football field. I mean, is that the focal point of the offense these days? Or from a Duke perspective, who, who should they be aware of on that Boston College offense on Friday's game? Yeah, it's got to be Zay. Zay is 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 how this offense lives and dies. And you know he leads the ACC. Or last I checked, he leads the ACC in all receiving um, yards and and uh, catches right now. It's because they look at him so much uh, because he's so dynamic. He's fast. He can he can he can do a lot of um, you know they call them a, a dual threat wide receiver. Basically, that he can do a lot underneath and he can do things deep. Uh, he runs great routes. He's got good uh, quickness. Uh, he's going to be an NFL player. So, I, I mean, if you're looking for a positive, it was that. I, again, he had a tough game against UConn, uh, which was really hard to watch. But, you know, if you're going to look for one guy uh, that could really like, rip things open, it's him. And then in terms of other targets on that team, oof, it, it, it's been so rough. Uh, I guess someone like Jalen Gill. Um, but they haven't been able to get them the ball. I mean, <laughs> that's, a, that's a big issue. It's like, such a majority of the, the passes have been going right to Zay Flowers that um, you know you haven't really seen much of these other guys, and it's just been pretty one-dimensional on the way the offense is running. Job security is something that uh, everyone always wants to bring up in, in college football and college athletics. We're always yep. curious about the coaching carousel and that sort of thing. So uh, at this point in the season, kind of what, where does Jeff Hathley stand in terms of being the leader of that Boston College football program? That, that's a great question because – it's starting to it's starting to simmer, uh, you know, it, which is insane because a year ago you would have never thought Jeff Halfley would have been on the hot seat. But um, his inability to adjust, I think, has been kind of uh, really eye opening. The fact that yeah, your offensive line is real bad, but you can't figure out anything for offense. Like they can't do anything, and that's on him. Like he cannot, and like he, you know, his his struggles with like figuring out how he, he knows nothing about the offense and he's told the media this before like it's it's a, it's a big thing for him to learn because he's, he's a defensive backs coach but as a head coach you need to know that kind of stuff and so the adjustments and things that happen throughout the game it's been on him uh, and now now you're starting to hear questions right so at the, at the press conference this week uh, he was asked flat out you know how do you feel about your confidence about your job and he's, he had to answer it and, you know, they're starting to, you know, qu- there's questions to the AD about, you know, he got, his, he got a vote of confidence, but what does that mean, right? If he goes out there and tanks the last four games, will he still have a vote of confidence at the end of this year? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he'll get fired this year, but he, I think he's going to have one more season because I do understand the offensive line issues, but there's more, there's more to it than that. And there's been, you know, some questionable things that have been, buzzing back state 
bat behind the scenes too, uh, in terms of locker room issues that are, are not. Um, we don't know exactly what those are, but it seems like there's things going on. And I think those are concerns as well. A little bit of a different state for Duke football with Mike Elko in his first year on the job. And we'll talk a little bit more about this Duke squad here in just a moment. It's a Locked On crossover, Locked On Blue Devils, and Locked On Boston College. Our show today is brought to you by Simply Safe. In an emergency, 24 7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out. Smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 24-7 professionally monitoring service costs less than $1 a day, less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system we recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. simplysafe.com/lockedoncollege. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, this is AJ Black from Locked On BC. I am now taking over the hosting duties here to talk with JJ Jackson of Locked On Blue Devils. And, and, you know, we just got through listening to me mope and grope about uh, the BC football team. But on the, other, on the other end of the ACC spectrum is the Duke, Duke Blue Devils, who are playing phenomenal football. I would say they're 5-3. and three, They're playing very well. And it's all because of, it seems to me, like the, the new culture brought up by Mike Elko. JJ, how you doing? I'm super excited about this football team, AJ. So anytime the team's doing well, uh, it puts me in a better mood. A 3-9 and nine season for Duke a year ago. Look, David Cutcliffe had been the head coach for 14 years. He had many battles head-to-head with Boston College, uh, and, and it was just time for a change. Getting up in age was David Cutcliffe, and again, after 14 seasons, sometimes a breath of fresh air can be nice. I certainly, to be honest, did not see this coming out of Duke this season. The Lockdown Blue Devil listeners are well aware of the fact that I thought this team would win uh, four, maybe five games, and now all of a sudden Duke's already got that fifth win they're one win shy of bowl eligibility so it has been amazing to watch Duke football so far this year and now it seems like they found their culture and that is on the ground you have Riley Leonard the quarterback he is a dual threat talk a little bit about this offense it's putting out 32 points a game which is I think incredible uh, given it, it looks like it's been, they're up 12 points a game from the year before. Yeah, it's it's wild to think about. And you mentioned the running game in particular. That has been such a bonus, too, for Duke. It's kind of been a stable of running backs, which is incredibly different than what we saw last season. While Duke did go 3-9 and nine and was in a similar state as Boston College appears to be this year, the bright spot that you could jump to always last year was the play of running back Mateo Durant, who went on to set the single-season rushing record at Duke. No running back was more productive in one year ever than Mateo Durant was a year ago for the Duke Blue Devils. He's left. He's He graduated. He moved on to professional football. And so Duke had to find somebody to step up and replace him. And it wasn't just one person. It was a combination of backs, whether it be Jordan Waters or Jalen Coleman, Jarquez Moore uh, coming in and making an impact. And then Riley Leonard, his play at quarterback, not only has he thrown the ball effective, but his ability to run as well has been tremendous. Against Miami a few weeks ago, he runs in for three 
three rushing scores. So the ability for multiple people to contribute on the offensive end has really helped this offense's identity. They do want to run the ball for first uh, and then spread the football out to their wide receiver second. So BC's big issue, as I said in the first segment, was their offensive line. It seems like that's a, a big benefit uh, of Duke. It's a big asset for them. Can you talk a little bit about that offensive line? Because that seems like that has been like the bread and butter for, for the Blue Devils. No doubt at all. I'm glad you brought it up. That's a, that's a position group that never gets the praise when things are going right, and it's so quick to criticize when things aren't going so well. So that group has been outstanding. Mike Elko has really prided himself on, on tough physical football this season. It's hard to hear a coach say that if they've never been a head coach before, right? Mike Elko's traditionally been a defensive coordinator at all of his stops, and so he says he wants to run the football. Well, you got to wait and see if that's actually been the case, and it has been. And it's been the play of guys up front like Jacob Monk, who's done a tremendous job opening up holes for these running backs, having Riley Leonard have enough time to make decisions. We're not too far removed from four different quarterbacks in four different seasons for Duke football, leading the conference it felt like every single season in turnovers two years ago in that 2020 season Chase Bryce the Clemson transfer who's now playing good football at Appalachian State was the Duke quarterback and he led the entire country in fumbles and in turnovers alone so the fact that the offensive line has protected the quarterback has opened up so many different avenues of offensive success for the Stuke football team so thanks again for bringing up that offensive line because I certainly don't talk about them enough and we probably should well as a as a host of a, of a program that has absolutely no offensive line I think our fans are just jealous <laughs> want to hear about it so anyways speaking of that Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. And I was looking at at pressure, and it looks like Duke is a, a very good team in terms of getting after the quarterback, which is uh, a, a bad omen for a BC team uh, that has struggled to keep Phil Dracovic or Emmett Moorhead upright. Uh, tell me a little bit about this defense. How, you know how they how they're that defensive line looks like. It looks like they have a bunch of guys with multiple sacks. And uh, what Elko, who's a def- I know a defensive mind yeah. coach like athlete. Uh, what he's brought to that defense. Dude, so many guys love to get after the quarterback when you're talking about this Duke defensive front. It starts with Dwayne Carter, who's one of the captains of the defense on the interior. He's going to be number 90 on your television screens when you're watching Duke football take on Boston College on Friday night. He has been amazing. R.J. Oban has been a really bright spot. Jamion Franklin has done good things on that defensive line as well. And then Shaka Hayward in the linebacker spot, the leading tackler on Duke's squad last year. The only player on this Duke team, period, that got any sort of all-ACC buzz before the season started. Shaka Hayward is the leader of that unit, and... Duke took on Miami their last time out before this bye week that they had. And AJ, I don't know if if Boston College fans paid too much attention to Duke football, but they actually forced eight turnovers against the Hurricanes, which was the most in a Power 5 game of any two Power 5 teams in college football since 2009. So over a decade's worth of evidence, and Duke was able to walk away forcing eight turnovers defensively. It sets your team up for success. And so, yeah, this Duke team has been really good at forcing turnovers, and that should be something that uh, should worry Boston College a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And, and finally, kind of just talking about Duke, you're looking at your season, and you have to rate this a, a, a resounding success so far, correct? Oh, 100%. Okay, yeah, and, and you know, you move on from a legendary coach, and I call David Cutcliffe legendary. Cause it was I would as well, yeah. Right, to, to bring in a guy like Elko, who 
I think BC fans may not remember. He was a name that has, was buzzed around at least for the. I, I know when Halfley was hired, he was one name that they were looking at. And I believe when Steve Adazio was hired in 2012, he was another name that they were looking at. So he's a guy that BC had their chances at and that did not go after. Um, and you're seeing, you're seeing the results here at Duke. You're seeing a team that's 5-3, and three, they're feeling good, they found their identity quick, um, and that's impressive. And in our final segment, JJ and I are going to go over our thoughts on the game, give our predictions, and, and talk everything else that you're going to want to know about Friday, Friday night game between the Eagles and the Blue Devils. Now, if you're like me, sweat is not a fun thing. You're go- if you go out and you wear a uh, nice button-down shirt, a nice uh, you know um, dress shirt, and it's hot, or you're out there and you're getting nervous and you sweat, it's the worst thing that can happen. Those pit stains that you get sometimes are so embarrassing, it makes you look you know unprofessional, and it does not do you any justice. This is why sweat block is the place to go. Sweat Block gives you the confidence to wear what you want without embarrassing underarm stains. They have the Sweat Block, sweat block Wipes. They're a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag. Whether it's a big presentation or a hot date, everyone can benefit. Basically, you use it. It's going to prevent you from sweating. It's going to get rid of those stains. It's a perfect thing and a must-have for guys like me. So if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweater odor, try Sweat Block. Save 20% with Promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. Find a few moments here on today's Locked On crossover episode. It's Locked On Blue Devils and Locked On Boston College. I'm JJ Jackson uh, representing the Duke side of things. AJ Black joins me representing BC as we take a look at this game between Duke and Boston College set for Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch the game on ESPN2. It's going to be a lot of fun. And AJ, you talk about these two teams meeting on the gridiron. They've only met eight times ever. Uh, Boston College holds that series edge five games to three. Boston College winning the last time out in 2020. You have to go all the way back to 2015 to find the last time that Duke won. I guess here I just wanted to make a point that when we see this new scheduling model kick in for the ACC I'm looking forward to getting to play more conference opponents more frequently and and, and with Boston College being one of the newer uh, squads joining the ACC several years ago I'm just looking forward to seeing more Duke and Boston College football games in the years to come absolutely I thought 20 and I know it was because of COVID and and that's a, a situation in itself but having that that schedule was like fun and unique you know, it was like BC had, they got to play Duke and Georgia Tech and Virginia. They didn't play Wake Forest. They didn't play NC State. They got a, you know, Pitt. They got a whole different schedule and to, and to play against different teams more frequently. Um, it keeps things fresh, even though, you know, you, uh, the, the freshness is mostly on those out of conference schedules. Right. You know, getting Duke on there as well and getting teams that you don't play instead of having to wait eight, every was eight or nine years to play. Um, it, it's it's a it's a better thing, and I think it's going to be uh, it's going to produce a better product for uh, fans out there. 
I'm looking forward to more of these matchups to come and certainly looking forward to Friday night's game as well between these two teams. Again, you look at this squad for Duke, a 5-3 and three year so far, Boston College a 2-6 and six overall record. What's at stake for both of these teams from the Duke perspective? Duke's one win shy of bowl eligibility, and who would have thought they would be here in year one of the Mike Elko era of the games left remaining on Duke's schedule? Boston College is the one that the Blue Devils should feel best about. They've got games against Virginia Tech, Pitt, and Wake Forest to follow. So uh, for Duke to be bowl eligible in year one of Mike Elko, that is the biggest thing at stake in this matchup against Boston College. How would you answer that question from the Eagles' perspective, AJ? I mean, for Boston College, they just need to figure something out, right? You know, they, they just had probably one of the worst losses in program history, losing to UConn, a team that they've never lost before. They need it, The season's not over. There's chances for this team to grow. There's chances for this team to find some momentum and figure some things out. And every week that they don't do that is a wasted opportunity. So, you know, go out there, show some pride. It's a night game at Alumni Stadium where BC has – had some fun games in the past. Go out there, you know, play, as Jeff Halfley says, play fearless. That's his thing, and I know fans are mocking that a lot lately. Um, but, like, go out there and just do it. And if BC can go out there and grab a win, that's great, because no one's expecting them to win another game this season. So, you know, just go out there and, and see what you got and get the, you know, if you get a chance to get some of the younger kids out there to get some experience, this is the place to do it. You see what you got, see what you can do for next year, and I think that's what uh, BC fans should be looking for. I really like Duke's chances to win this football game. Uh, I think they are going to become bowl eligible come Friday night with a victory over Boston College. Uh, 31 is the number that's sticking in my head for whatever reason, so I'm going to kind of go with that. I, I see this playing out to be a 31-17, 31-21 type ball game in, in favor of Duke. So, AJ, how do you see this game playing out? Um, yeah, I got Duke winning big. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, BC scored 17 points over the last three games. And I know one of the games was against Clemson, so that's kind of tough. But, you know, scoring just, you know, seven against, I think it was seven against Wake Forest or 14 against Wake Forest, three against um, UConn, it's just, it's just been a nightmare. And, um, you know, I, I, I look at Duke as a team that's not going to shoot themselves in the foot. You know, last week against UConn, UConn let BC try to get back into that game as much as they could. They had nine false start penalties, and BC still couldn't take advantage of that. Um, and I don't see Duke doing something like that. I think Duke is a, a, a much more prepared and um, well-prepared and ready team to do something. And if they get those opportunities, if BC's deep offensive line can't hold, I think this game could get, uh, I don't want to say out of control, but I'm going to have Duke winning by 17 to 21 points. All right, awesome stuff. We'll see how the game plays out again Friday night, ESPN 2, 7 p.m. Eastern kickoff between Duke and Boston College. Make sure you're paying attention to it. Uh, It's been really fun to do this crossover edition here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find both of these shows. You know that already as you're listening to it. Make sure you subscribe. We're on YouTube every day as well. Subscribe there for all of the best content. And then AJ and I also have uh, the added bonus, the added pleasure of uh, teaming up with Candace Cooper there at Locked On ACC, joining her each and every week. So make sure you check out the Locked On ACC podcast as well. AJ, this has been so much fun, man. It should be a fun game between Duke and Boston College. And who knows, once basketball season rolls around, we might have to do another one of these things. 
I was just going to say, I, I would rather have a bet of what game will be closer, BC football <laughs> against Duke football or BC basketball. I, I got a good feeling about BC basketball this year. I think they're going to be a fun team. So um, check out uh, any B- basketball talk on my show, too, because we we're starting to get excited about uh, Earl Grant and that team coming up this year. Can't wait to see how all that plays out. It's been a whole lot of fun. You've been listening to a Locked On crossover episode of Locked On Blue Devils and Locked On Boston College.